You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, and the, pre- the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, the Pride of Detroit podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify again. We love it so much. I've got to say it twice. What can we do? We're out here. We're in your ears, over your airwaves. Not really because you've probably downloaded this already. But maybe you're streaming it, in which case it is over the airwaves. Not really over the airwaves, more over like the cyber airwaves. I, uh, Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader. Would you say streaming is over the airwaves? It's not like FM or AM or nothing like that. I'm not a scientist, but in my expert opinion, yes. Okay, cool. That is Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Find Jeremy on Twitter at Detroit on Lion. The Pride of Detroit POD cast, the only P- podcast out there, the only sports podcast out there that will tell you I'm baby. Let's bring in our third member of the team, the third man, as it were, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock guy. At Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I am successfully making my way through the post hangover that is brought on by the NFL draft. I think I'm doing a fine job with it. I'm I'm filling my life full of other interesting things. Is one of those interesting things keeping up with your great, dear, very close friend, Bovada King 69? He's a good friend of mine, and I hear he's doing rather well. Did he bet it all on the Kentucky Derby? Is he upset or thrilled at the removal of maximum security? You know, he's not a big, he's not really big into horse racing. Um, it, it just requires too much, um, how should I say this? Too much research. And he is a man with limited time. There's, there's and good limited resources. There are, like, there are good strategies. Yeah. I mean, I just think that you have to find out like if his, you know, if the horse's father was a mutter and if his mother was a mutter and then you got to, really. I, I always yeah. put down a few bets this time of year and like, it's just a matter of what type of bet you put down. And I like looking at jockeys, but that's neither here nor there. I think the only hook in for Lions fans on the Kentucky Derby is uh, video review and disqualification. <laughs> is that low blow? Well, also, isn't isn't wasn't the horse that ended up winning super long odds, similar 64. odds to what the Lions sim- similar to what the Lions have to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, sixty five to one on Country House. And in second is Code of Honor, who was only 13 to 1, but he was basically the horse that, if I remember correctly from NBC, Tom Brady picked. So there we go. Lions over the Patriots in the Super Bowl confirmed. Yep. Patriots get disqualified. <laughs> Patriots get disqualified. Their cheating ways finally catch up to them. After, a pass, become... after a pass interference gets <laughs> reviewed, the Lions get their, their revenge from the Cowboys game. This is too this is too depraved right now. The Kentucky Derby is decadent and depraved, and so is this conversation. Uh, this is our first uh, POD cast where we've had the big three of us here back together, really in the same digital room for uh, a few weeks now. As Ryan alluded to, we're all coming off the hangover of the NFL draft. We have some guests on the way here in the coming weeks as we keep playing more games and we start getting into our usual off-season shenanigans post-draft where I am sure we will have list casts and season in review and who knows, surprises aplenty. You're going to want to stick around. 
Ryan, Ryan will Ryan and his friend Bovada King sixty nine will tell you to stick around. It only gets more interesting from here. It really does. Speaking of which, are you? Ha- I mean, if we could get a Punta Cana episode in here too, that'd be wonderful. But yeah, that 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 actually might have to happen. I am I am planning on doing a little bit of traveling this summer. So Ooh. Uh, I mean, it might not be international, but it would be worthwhile to listen in and hear about my hijinks come to la come to vegas put something we can put something together i'm open to anything this summer this is the summer of anything yeah this is the summer of rye (laughs) what do we got going on today guys yeah let's 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 get to about now let's get to it let me let me reminisce man we've we've done a lot over the draft by which i mean i have been busy working and jumping into these podcasts and you guys have been lifting a lot of this stuff but today we're back playing games and here we are it is time to play the game this week which is better or worse as we look now at the rosters uh, jeremy fill us in do we have 90 men on this roster right now for the detroit Lions? they they probably do um the issue is that they haven't made the undrafted free agent signings official yet um, at right. least as of this recording. So that will push them either to 90 or very close to 90. Um, but yeah, I think the purpose here is now that we have somewhat of a 90 man roster, we're going to compare it to last year, see if the yep. team's better, see if the team's worse and uh, specifically look at specific positions to see if finally Matt Patricia has his team and he's out of excuses or, or maybe, maybe the lines are still weak and that'll give him another year. We'll see. Spoiler alert. All of that is true and not true. All right. Uh, I'm going to go down by position. Jeremy, Ryan, you're going to tell me just really quick if it's gotten better or worse, and eventually we'll tally it all up. We've got two segments to do this, but still we'll try to move at a fairly brisk pace. So let's just start at what, what's a good place to start? You know what? I want to start. Let's just do, at, well, let's split it offense defense first, and then let's split the offense defense. So let's start with the offense, and let's start with wide receivers. So last year, Lions had Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, TJ Jones, and then down at the bottom, Jace Billingsley and Dantes Ford around this time of year. Now you still have Jones and Galladay, but the bottom of the list is pretty well shaken up. Brandon Powell is on is new on here, actually. He wasn't on the on the roster this time la- in 2018, he, May. He was. He was? Okay. Our yeah. lads is not up to date then. Thank you. Uh, Chris Lacey. Brandon Riley is rounding out the bottom of this. Andy Jones, Tommy Lee Lewis, which is a name that's going to throw me off all the time as I look at it. And Deontes Alexander. Uh, yeah, Deontes Alexander. So, and of course, Danny Amendola in the slot. So, Jeremy, did this get did this core get better or worse at wide receiver? I don't think there's any question it got worse. Um, just, I mean, by pure factor of Golden Tate being replaced by Danny Amendola, that's that's a significant step down in my opinion. Um, while while Danny Amendola obviously brings a a certain factor in terms of his personality, we've heard you know him talk. We've talked. We've heard Kenny Galladay talk about how Danny Amendola's you know hard work ethic is already starting to rub off on him. But those sort of intangibles only get you so far. Um, the reality is he's a thirty what four year old guy that that doesn't ha- never had the agility or, or yak ability of Golden Tate. Um, you, you could argue that the depth is a little better with, with the, the draft pick of, of Tra- Travis Fulgham and, and maybe Brandon Powell will have a, a good shot at that wide receiver four spot. But I, I'd say you'd be hard-pressed to call this uh, a better roster right now at, at, at wide receiver. Brian? Yeah, I don't think a lot of positions will be like this. Like I, I don't think it'll necessarily come down to one player, but I think with wide receiver, we're kind of in an, a very specific case. And with losing Golden Tate, we saw what happened to the Lions offense during the second half of the season. Absolutely just fell off a cliff. Replace Golden Tate with Danny Amendola. It, I mean, it is a slight improvement over what they had last year, but it's clearly still worse than, than where the Lions were at uh, at this point in the season last year. All right, now let's get to tight end, and this is where it's going to completely curve because last year's tight end core I'm going to try to read all the names here that we had <laughs> oh, Lord. around this time here. Luke Wilson, Levine Toilolo, Michael Roberts, Hakeem Vallas, and Brandon Barnes. This year, it is, I, I don't see 
any of those names on here except for Michael Roberts. We have Michael Roberts, of course, but then we have Jesse James, Isaac Nauta, Jerome Cunningham, Logan Thomas, and TJ Hawkinson. So <laughs> we've gone completely in an opposite direction, up from five to six, and only one holdover from last year. So this is a tough one to grade, but Jeremy, did the tight end get better? I friggin' hope so. Jesus. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a mean, high bar to clear. New does not always mean better, but in this case, I think it absolutely does. And um, one can argue that maybe this compensates for the, the decrease in the, in the wide receiver because maybe they go two tight end sets a lot more this year. I mean, I, I'm not going to expect it to be two tight end sets like 50% of the time or anything like that, but it's certainly going to be often. And I think the fact that, you know, you spend a first round pick on it. You spend maybe one of your your biggest free agency signings on tight end. If it's not better this year, then there needs to be some big changes at the bigger level or, or some questions about the coaching because it's it's very clear, maybe more so than any other position, that this is this is a big increase in talent this offseason. Ryan, better, worse, or the same? It like like Jeremy said, it better be significantly better. And the reason I say that is because when I look at the Lions tight end position. I really think about a boyfriend who's really bad at treating like their significant other the right way. Like they really just like limp in to the relationship in terms of their level of commitment and effort. So, I mean, the lions for the past couple of years have done next to nothing when it comes to their tight end position. Like every once in a while, they remember to buy a box of chocolates on sweetest day or, you know, they make a last minute reservation at a, at a dinner for Valentine's. Applebee's. They, they, <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, but what they did this year is they went out and they they put together the greatest vacation of all time. If they don't hit on TJ Hawkinson, I really think that that's going to be a huge, huge knock on Quinn's resume. Drafting a tight end at eight is going to either make or break him as a GM. And I know I haven't been on the podcast yet to talk about it, but this, this pick is going to forever be the Bob Quinn pick. And I think that this, this pick will inextricably always be linked to him. So the tight end position better be a hell of a lot better than it was last season because they finally put some effort into it. It was such a low bar to clear after doing next to nothing last season. I mean, Bob Quinn was filling the roster full of cast-offs and lottery tickets and Luke Wilson and Levine Toilolo. He actually invested some some, you know, some resources into the position this year, so it better pay off and it better be better. This boyfriend talk, um you're not excising some demons here, are you, Ryan? No, I mean like <laughs> <laughs> specifically when it comes to myself, I kind of think about this like in terms of Mother's Day. I've always kind of gone with the status quo. It's really easy for the family to put together like a Mother's Day event where it's like, oh, we're all going to get together on a Sunday. But I actually went kind of above and beyond this year. So it's, and you know, my mother was, she's going to be pleasantly surprised with what ends up happening. But I've just continually set the bar so low for myself that it's really easy to clear. So $100 Cole gift (laughs) gift card. Uh, Chop that up into four and I have four gifts. (laughs) Wow. What a steal. All right. Let's move on. Let's, uh, I don't want to talk the offensive line yet. So instead, we're going to move to running back. And once again, uh, I mean, this actually not as much turnover as I would expect. I mean, granted, we kind of saw it evolving last year. But I am amazed that at this time last year, in May 2018, we had these names here. We had Amir Abdullah, LeGarrette Blunt, Zach Center, Theo Riddick, on Johnson, Dwayne Washington, Tion Green, and then the lone fullback, of course, with double zeros on his name, Nick Bauden. <laughs> Nick Bauden survives. He's back. He actually has a number now, 46. Kerryon Johnson, back. Zach Zenner, back. Theo Riddick, back. The rest of it changed up. We've got Mark Thompson, CJ Anderson, and Ty Johnson. Jeremy, did this get worse, better, or about the same? Now, bearing in mind, too, that we really didn't know who Carrion Johnson was this time of year or how much would really, I mean, he was a second round pick. We really, you know, had high hopes for it. But I think the hopes back then was Amir Abdullah was still 
going to be uh, salvageable and theoretic was still going to be part of this offense. I, I don't know. We're, we're better, worse, the same. I think it's better, not by a ton, but I think just alone, you go from LeGarrette Blunt to CJ Anderson. I think that's an improvement. Uh, most people, I think, were a little lukewarm on the LeGarrette Blunt signing last year and, and turned out to be for good reason. CJ Anderson, I think, is is a little bit better. I'm not I'm not quite as high on as as some people are, but um, you, you you have him, you have Carryon Johnson in a second year, hopefully healthy um, throughout the year, and then everything else is kind of a, a wash the rest of the way. Obviously, Ty Johnson, their sixth or seventh round pick, um, is in the mix there. Maybe maybe you compare him to being Amir Abdullah being on the roster at this point. He probably has about the same chance of, of making the team that. Amir did once Zach was back. Uh, so I'd say it's a small improvement. Um, I think the results might be a lot better just because of this very clear uh, pivot to the running game. But the talent there, I think, is is just a tiny bit better. Ryan? I, I seem to remember the LeGarrette Blunt signing being a little bit more popular than I think you do, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Maybe. In terms of, yeah, I, I, think, I think his signing was um, partially partially inflated due to you know the relationship with new england and this that and the other thing but i think people were they were rather high on blunt and i think people are just as high on cj anderson and i think that that has a lot to do with recency bias and seeing how well he performed in the postseason seeing him you know seeing him spell in for todd Gurley and and have a you know have a productive role with that rams offense i do like the addition of him Hopefully, Carryon Johnson is a year better, a year stronger. If he can be healthy for 14 of the 16 games of the season, I think that the running back core is better. I think a lot of it really hinges on him, though, and it hinges on his health. The depth is the depth is okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's good. I wouldn't I wouldn't even venture to say that it's great. Obviously, then, but I'm not sure. Are we for sure that Theo Riddick makes the team? I'm not for sure there. I mean, yeah. One one also factor is that Carrion is going to be starting from week one this year. Sure. Yep. He's going to be getting the no pun intended lion's share of the carries for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see with Nick Bauden healthy too. How how does a fullback fit into the system as well? Yeah. Um. You know, maybe the Lions are able to do some things differently. Obviously, with you know Daryl Bevel, they have a new offensive coordinator. What's what's going to be a fullback's role in this? You know, we talked with a tight end position. A lot more two tight. You know, two tight end sets for the Lions more of a commitment to running the ball. And it might be that way, like you said, Jeremy, right out of the gate when you have, when you have as good of a running back like carry on Johnson. So I'm going to tentatively say that this core is better, but not by much. All right. So we've got a few minutes left here. We got to get the quarterback and offensive line. So I've got, so far I've got wide receiver, two votes for worse, tight end, two for better running back. I'll say tentatively better, half better. Now let's half move better. on. I like half that. better, half better. Yeah. Now let's move on to the offensive line. I'm not going to give out all these names here because it'd be exhaustive, but there are right now on this roster not as many names as last year. Last year, we were looking at like, you know, three centers, a bunch of guards. You you still had big names like uh excuse me here. You still had, you know, Ricky Rick Wagner and uh why am I blanking? and TJ Lang on the roster. Uh, Rick Wagner's still here, but there's definitely some concern at what's going to go on, especially at right at uh, right guard, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Our lads is projecting Kenny Wiggins to start, and really his only competition right now is Leo, Leo Kola Matangi, and Graham Glasgow's your only center. So, Jeremy, where are we at in the offensive line, this weird project in development now for about five years? Well, Detroit Lions. Once again, our lads is failing you because I think Ode Abushi is your starting right guard right now. Okay. Um, yep. The the Lions picked him up this offseason. They um, have him listed as a left tackle. So <laughs> you should go to prideofdetroit.com. That that place Why has would a lot I want to do that? roster listing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Synergy. Uh, Ode Abushi, to me, he comes from Seattle. Darrell Bevel has a relationship with him. I think he's going to be the starter. But. He's obviously also a downgrade from TJ Lang. And you can say, well, we only had TJ Lang for so-and-so games last year, but who knows? Maybe we're only going to have Ode Abushi for, for that many games, or maybe we're only going to have Kenny Wiggins for so many games. Everything else is kind of a wash. You can make an argue that Frank Ragnow is going to be better 
in his second year that Graham Glasgow is going to be better. Um, Taylor Decker, you know, coming into kind of what could be a contract year next offseason. Um, but I don't know. I, I think this this offensive line, I want to say it's about the same, but realistically speaking, including depth, like maybe Tyrell Crosby uh, takes another big step in, or takes a big step, I should say, in his second year. But it's hard for me to say this uh, offensive line is any just better. And, and I think it's just a tad worse. Worse. All right, great. Ryan. Sub out TJ Lang for Kenny Wiggins and your offensive line is worse. Okay. <laughs> I like math. concise, easy. And now we get into the biggest one, probably the most in-depth one. You have subbed out Jake Rudock and Matt Castle for Connor Cook and Tom Savage and Stafford for another year of bang up and confusion. Did the quarterback position get better or worse, Jeremy Reisman? No, it stayed the same. Sorry, you, you didn't give me that third option this time. It stayed the same. I, these backups are completely interchangeable. That's you, it. you don't have a Michigan man anymore, Jeremy. Are you sure you don't want to go worse? I mean, it, it's, wor- it's a worse personality locker room for sure. I mean, Connor, <laughs> okay. I'm not sure if Connor Stand Cook's ability to Stand hold. Stand for Jake Rudock. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not standing for D- Jake Rudock. I'm, do- I'm being the negative one for Connor Cook and saying, with that education, I'm not sure he knows how to hold a clip- clipboard. God damn, Ryan. Uh, this position is worse. and. That might shock you to hear because I am a resident Spartan fan, but I will be honest and tell you that Connor Cook is not good. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm honestly pretty shocked when I see a lot of depth chart projections and I see that Stafford's the starter and Connor Cook's the backup. I think Tom <laughs> Savage is going to beat out Connor Cook, especially with a coaching staff like this. They clearly value veterans over younger players. Yeah. Are we going to try to do that, what we talked about, stapling Tom Savage and Connor Cook together? Make it kind of like, you know, Put two um, on each other's shoulders. Make the oh, I thought you said staple. You said staple. No. I was like, you're going to human centipede them. No, no, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not that cruel. Just put them, to, put them together. Put them in an extra long jersey. See what happens. I'd they rather not see either of them in a jersey, to be honest. Ever. Yeah, that'd be the great. The thing is, like looking at this, the only meaningful talk here is basically did Stafford get better or worse coming into this year, and. uh I know this is not a conversation that we can have without some long infighting. Well, I mean, we are, the answer is we don't know. We don't know how Stafford's going to play. If you okay. take average of the past two, three seasons, probably pretty good. But last year was obviously a down year. But there's a completely new offensive coordinator. So who the hell knows? Good stuff. All right. We're a few, we're a few minutes over. So we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we move on this game to the other side of the ball to the defense and we will slalom through the defense to get better, worse, or the same. We will be right back with our game here on the Pride of Detroit, the ODCast. Pride of Detroit, PODcast back in action again. Here we are. Hi, how you doing? Now we turn our game. Last segment we played better, worse, or the same to talk about after the draft, after undrafted free agents and free agency. If the Lions roster has gotten better, worse, the same, our way too early predictions here in May on Cinco de Mayo with this podcast coming out to you probably that evening and or morning or the 6th. And we are going to move on to the defensive, to the defense that side of the ball. And I think, trying to figure out how to break this down, I think I'm going to start with the defensive line. So, Jeremy, uh, once again, another year where the Lions, like, you, you know me, I have, I've been banging the table for a long time. Need edge, need edge, need edge. But last year's edge was not good at all between Anthony Zettel or Ziggy Ansa, or, or, you know, maybe carry hiders in to play between edge and, and tackle, or maybe you got Jeremiah Valawaga, or take a look at the tackles themselves, whether we had Jeremiah Ledbetter, or Ashawn Robinson, or Keem Spence. This was all before, of course, Snacks came onto the scene. Snacks is there, Ashawn Robinson, still here, Deshaun Hand, still here, Trey Flowers, huge pickup, Romeo Okwara was added, I think, later in 
2018, so he doesn't yep. show up this time last year. Yep. I mean, where are we at? Where are we at? Better, worse, it is, the same. It's unbelievably better. This is this is obviously the most improved position because last year we were talking about guys like Sylvester Williams and Anthony Zettel and Alex Barrett and Kerry Hyder potentially starting, and all of those guys are gone, long gone. And like you, you think about that Sylvester Williams signing and how it was kind of you know, that was going to be the, this team's nose tackle, and they've already updated it to someone like Snacks, the, the best nose tackle in the game. Throw in Trey Flowers, obviously the, the biggest signing this offseason. Um, Deshaun Hand looks a lot better than we thought he was last year. Um, like you mentioned, Romeo Carr is a good depth signing. I think defensive line is the strongest position on the team and also the most improved by far. Um, I graded the, the defensive line in, uh, last week. Gave the starter grades an A-. minus gave the depth grade an A minus. I think this is a stacked lineup and uh, I'm, I'm more excited about the defensive line than any other position on this team right now. Ryan. Yeah. I echo a lot of that. The defensive line has improved vastly, you know, swap out, like you said, Sylvester Williams for a guy like Damon Harrison, who completely transformed this defense in the second half of last season, add Trey flowers, the, you know, the biggest contract that Bob Quinn's handed out. Another, an, another, I think another significant play by Bob Quinn too, right? Like in terms of his transactions that he's made this season, TJ Hawkinson and Trey Flowers are probably the two biggest moves or the, you know, the two biggest changes he's made to this team that have, you know, sort of solidified his imprint on his vision moving forward. He's making a team for Matt Patricia, for a head coach that he's familiar with. And this defensive line, we, we didn't know who Deshaun Hand was going to be. And he ended up, you know, he ended up playing way above his way above his pay grade last season. So high expectations for him. Ashawn Robinson in a contract season. This defensive line, it has I I will say it doesn't have a ton of depth. It has I, some it has some rotational ability, but I don't think it has a lot of depth along the interior. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I guess there's a little bit of truth to that, but Deshaun Hand plays on the interior. We don't know where they're gonna put Austin Bryant. They're they're third round pick this year. Um, and, and PJ Johnson, also uh, one of their seventh round picks potential, mm-hmm. potential snacks backup. The thing that I really like about what they did, not only on the defensive line, but kind of everywhere on defense is I feel like they have one guy who is a backup for a very specific guy. Like, like PJ Johnson is that, is that snacks backup. And, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to some other guys in linebacking safety, but each guy, each role, I think has a specific yeah. backup. And, and that's what I really like about, um, the moves they made on defense. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Aquara would spell Trey flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two votes are better. Let's move on to the linebackers where not too much actually has changed. We are still looking probably at the top listings here of Jared Davis, Devin Kennard and Christian Jones. Jalen uh, Jalen Reeves Mabin was there last year as well. About this uh, in the depth, a lot of the bottoms changed up. No more Nick Bellore, no more Brandon Chubb. Uh, let me make sure. Yep, no more Jonathan Freeney. Instead, this year we've got Jelani Tavai, the second round draft pick. Steve Longa, which was actually I think a 2018 edition, uh, just later in the year, and Trey Williams rounding out that depth. And uh, something named a Garrett Dooley for the outside for one of the outside linebackers as well. Jeremy, linebackers better, worse, or the same? It, it's a little better. Um, obviously, the Lions really like something about Jelani Tavai. It's a second round pick. He's going to play this year in in some sort of fashion. I don't think he's going to start, but um, just I mean, you're just throwing him in, the, in there. And I think probably the guy who's on his way out is Jalen Reeves Mabin because we've talked, we've we've heard the management talks so much about how they want to be bigger and, and, and stronger. And Jalen Reeves Maven is, was just drafted for a different defense. He's not going to fit the system. He's probably on his way out. So in terms of this specific system, did it get better or worse this off season? It got better. Brian. I think it got better. Uh, I think you could mark me down for a half better, but everything that Jeremy I a, just, I need a scale for like better for some. Yeah. Of you just really do. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. The, there, there, are, there is a gradient to it for sure. Um, yeah. What's interesting about what Jeremy just said about Jalen Reeves Maven, I think you can literally copy it and paste it and put it on Jared Davis as well. Mm. I don't think that's true. I he's think big. he's bigger. I, he's much bigger. Mm, he's, 
he's much bigger than Jalen Reeves Maven, but I don't think he's big enough to play the I don't think he's big enough to play the linebacker that Matt Patricia wants. I, if that's true, he's not saying it because he said specific or Bob Quinn said specifically, like it was tough making this transition from last defense to defense, but luckily we have at least a couple players that kind of fit both schemes. And he mentioned Ashawn Robinson and Jared Davis is too. My hot take is that Jared Davis is not going to get his fifth year option. You're and cool. that, and he that, would have to have a really bad year for that to be true. I think this coaching staff loves him. Yeah. I, yeah, sure. I mean, go ahead and love him. He, he he has he has a lot to prove this season, I think, in order for him to be a in order for him to be a player that you're going to count on moving forward, I think he has to have a really big season. We'll All right. Let's do cornerbacks then. So, of course, Darius Slay, still the linchpin of the cornerback group. Nevin Lawson, is he still did nope. I miss anything? He's he is he's not he's open. gone. He's gone. Okay. All right. Spooking me a bit now. Um, Quandre Diggs, still around. Wait, who did I? Oh, yeah, Nevin Lawson is gone. That's who I... I, I was looking at Diggs getting a confused with Lawson anyway. Uh, Miles Killebrew, Safety. not here. I know I am oh, reading on air, and this is... He's, he's still here, but I would... <laughs> he's listed over at Safety now, thanks to our lads. See, and, you know, you tell me, look at Pride of Detroit, when Ryan's the one who tells me to do our lads, Meanwhile, I can't find a depth chart in the front page of Pride of Detroit right now. So I am I am lashing out now as I try to navigate. Let me take over at this point. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. I am going to be the MC. We will deal with my awkwardness, my inability to read as a team here. We we play as a team. Either way. <laughs> either way, the Lions added Amani Oruarie. Late in the draft, as probably one of the big steals out there. Uh, otherwise, about the same core. There's some shakeup at the bottom, but I mean, aside from Nevin Lawson, most of the big pieces. I think Ta- uh, Tavon Wilson. No, he's a safety. God, this <laughs> all right. Is- I'm just going to take over. No, this no, is no, no, no. Here, yes. I better worse the same. Better worse the same. Just answer. It's Don't better. mind me. It's, it's a bad. thousand times better. I'm not going to say Rashawn Melvin is is a huge upgrade over Nevin Lawson. He's not. Justin Coleman, however, is a huge, 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 huge addition as a as a nickel corner, and and the depth is better. Amani Oruwariye is probably better than any replacement guy that they had last year, and I, I don't even know who some of their replacement cornerbacks last year were. I mean, Tease Tabor. I, I think I'm much more excited about Amani Oruwariye than I am Tease Tabor. Tease Tabor probably won't even make this team. So, wow. I don't think that's bold to say at this point. Uh, So if you're talking starters, Darius Slay, Rashawn Melvin, Justin Coleman, that's that's a pretty good squad. It's definitely better than last year. It's not great. But then you throw in the depth. Amani Oruare, Mike Ford had some promising things. Jamal Agnew is hopefully going to be uh, healthy at the beginning of this year. Um, And and, I mean, that alone, it's a pretty significant increase. I think the, the corners are definitely improved. I think this is yeah, I think this is a position on the Lions roster that I feel rather confident in in terms of what they have for depth and where their starters are. And I know cornerback number two might be a little bit shaky. Not sure if it's necessarily gonna be Rashawn Melvin or who it's going to be coming out of camp. I don't think it'll be Tease Tabor. If Tease Tabor stays on this roster, I think that would be I think that'd be really good for, I think that'd be good for him. You know what I mean? Like, I think, <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. No, no, no. If no, he no, still no. had a job, it would be good for him. I agree. He's going to get a second chance somewhere else for sure. But like, <laughs> I, th- I think that'll be good for him in terms of his confidence. Like if, if they keep him on the roster, I think that there's just something about that pick that was so Bob Quinn. You know what I mean? Like it seems like it was a Bob Quinn pick and not necessarily a, Jim Caldwell, Terrell Austin, and his defense pick. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it seemed it seemed like Bob Quinn was. You know, I've watched so much tape on this guy, and yeah. I I trust he's him. St- and it's and this, he still stands for him. He's still standing for him, saying like, "Oh man, he's he's you know we've seen a lot of maturation, and and you know we we've seen some videos of of Tease Taper working out this offseason. Feel like there's this contingent of Lions fans, maybe Bob Quinn included, that think he's gonna like take that third year step this year, but don't." 
don't include me in that. Uh, all right. So I guess your guy is Jared Davis and my guy is T Staber. Cause I, I want to believe in it. I want right. to, I think, I think that this is the year where he takes a step. So, yeah. um, you know, if he can though, I think that really, I, I think that would be huge for this, you know, for this group. Sure. If, if he, if he can take a big, if he can take a big step, you know, like you said, adding Justin Coleman, that shores up the nickel spot, a, you know, a position that the Lions were really in flux in all year long. They were playing different guys at that position a lot. Nevin Lawson was in there and he was playing terrible. You know, Deshaun Shedd, you know, just rotate the names. And I think that the Lions have a pretty good setup right here at cornerback. So they're, they're better than they were last year. All right, let's move on to safeties. And all right, the big one, obviously, Glover Quinn gone. Goodbye. He's off to go golf or whatever he wants to do now. He's had a long, illustrious career. Miles Killebrew is here for now. And other than that, not too much change. Tavon Wilson, Tracy Walker, Charles Washington here. Will Harris in the draft. Uh, some names at the bottom have shaken up. Now there is Andrew, uh, there's, uh, Andrew Adams and David Jones instead of Roland Milligan and Stefan McClure. Jeremy, did this get worse, better, or the same? I'm tempted to say the same, maybe a little bit better. Um, I, I do think it's nice that Quandre Diggs will be able to kind of, man, I, he's going to step up as leader there. And I think, you know, we, we all saw what happened to Glover's play last year. And it also wasn't the greatest of fits in this defense. Um, Andrew Adams is good depth. And then it, it all comes down to Will Harris. And he's the line's third round pick. I realized I, I said that about uh, the wrong guy. I made my own stupid mistake. Austin Brown was a fourth round pick, but whatever. Anyways, Will Harris. Uh, I, I guess my question here is just who is going to be the starter? Is is are the Lions ready to make Tracy Walker a starter? Is is Tracy Walker ready to be a starter in this league? Um, I don't know. I, I think I think ultimately I think the depth got better, but I, I'm still a little bit concerned about the starters. So I'll, I'll say they're about the same. Ryan. Yeah, I'd venture to say they're about the same too. Um, it just really hinges on who that who that safety over the top is going to be. You know, I think for so long we were accustomed to feeling really good, really good, and really comfortable about who was playing that position, and it was Glover Quinn for so long. And then the transition to the Patricia defense, like you mentioned, didn't seem like the best fit for Glover. Maybe seemed like he lost a little bit of a step. The, I, I just feel so uneasy about who's going to step in and be that to ask Tracy Walker to do that in year two, when he played very limitedly in his first season, that's tough. I don't think the guy's Tavon Wilson, Tavon Wilson is going to play like a different, you know, different role for this team. Uh, Will Harris is a rookie, you know, a lot of, a lot of unproven commodities, I think right now Yeah. in terms <laughs> of getting a second safety out there on the field. So I, I, I will say that they're the same. Um, just and I, I hate to do this, but like it was just because Glover Quinn's play was just like so like subpar what he you know what we were accustomed to seeing out of him. I the thing the thing I will say is I do think it's maybe improved in scheme, maybe not talent, because mm-hmm. because of that Tracy Walker is obviously a good fit. They obviously drafted him with that position in mind. Um, and and the first year was promising. I, the sample size was probably too small to make any sort of sweeping judgment that he's suddenly going to be you know, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, but they were super excited about that pick. The PFF grades were good last year. And uh, I, I guess he's their plan there. And, and it's hard to imagine him being a lot worse than Glover Quinn last year. And I hate to say that because Glover Quinn was my, one of my favorite players on the team. But it, I think that's why I'm leaning towards a little better. But I'm still, like you, I'm still a little too cautious at, at just how much unprovenness there is with this group. So it's, it's hard to say anything other than the same. And finally, special teams. Last year, I mean, well, I'll just put it this way. Jamal Agnew is now pretty much the guy right now. Last year, you at least had options with Golden Tate and Mir Abdullah on punt returns and kick returns uh, accordingly. But other than that, let's see. Matt Prater back again. Sam Martin back again with Ryan Santoso backing him up on punt. Mulebach, eternal, eternal, eternal. Did this get better or worse or the same in special teams, Jeremy? It's the same. I mean, kick returns no, and punt Tate. returns are, are not as important. Golden Tate never no, Golden really Tate. returned punt returns. And I mean, you could argue that, that maybe Ty Johnson 
Uh, is that his last name? <laughs> Ty? Yes. I think it's Ty Johnson. Okay. <laughs> New guys still learning their names. Uh, you could argue that he's uh, in there for kick returns potentially if he makes the team. But um, as we've seen, kick returns just aren't that big of a pay- point, big point in the game anymore. So to me, it's just about Prater, Sam Martin, and Don Muehlbach, and they all return. So Ryan, so. give me a hot take on special teams. I don't have one. I'm sorry. I really wish I could pull one out, but I can't. Even if I were to stand up, I wouldn't be able to pull it out. I, I okay. All right. Well, unfortunately, that once again, this game has proven that we are just a hive mind with all the same opinions, as there is only one position that differed on grades, and that was quarterback. Jeremy says same. Ryan says worse. Mostly Ryan just trying to take the piss out of it. Other than that, to re- to rewind. Three, uh, let's see here. Two positions overall got worse, wide receiver and offensive line. And we are saying better for running backs, tight ends, defensive line, linebackers and cornerbacks, and same for special teams, safeties, and Jeremy says same on quarterbacks. How many half betters, though? That's something we need to adjust for next time because I just wrote down better (laughs) or or worse. Defense is a lot better, though. Defense, that was a lot of... Improves on defense. It's I'm only excited. on paper. All right, let's take a break here. When we come back, we've already gone pretty long in this podcast, but I want to give some special attention to the mailbag. We didn't get around to it during the draft. We're going to give some time to it. And also, Ryan, I want to give the floor to him because he has apparently has some spicy picante on TJ Hawkinson, and I want to hear it. And that's next on the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast. Stick around. We will be right back. time hashtag ask pod as always to get your questions in i have a question for the crew and for you the listeners but that's coming up in a, in a little bit first as i said i want to give the floor over to ryan the rock god for about i'd say two three minutes here however long he wants to go ryan you were pretty busy around the time of the draft so we didn't really get a lot of your takes what are you feeling on and you were rumbling it a little bit during our roster uh comparison game what are you feeling on TJ Hawkinson? I'm really low on TJ Hawkinson and it has nothing to do with who he is as a player. It has everything to do with where he was drafted. And I know that Jeremy's done a lot of research into you know, first round tight ends and tighter, you know, tight ends drafted in the top 10. There's been so much, to, there's been so much that's been said about, you know, he's not Vernon Davis. He's not, you know, as athletically gifted as somebody like like Vernon Davis, or you're drafting TJ Hawkinson and you're thinking that he's Rob Gronkowski, you're comparing him to a guy who's maybe the greatest tight end of all time and a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer in the Pro Football Hall of, Hall of Fame and in like the fun Hall of Fame. The problem with drafting TJ Hawkinson at eight is I think it was so revealing about Bob Quinn's just absolute surrendering to drafting guys who have very high floors. And I don't have a problem with that in most years. Like his, his first season, you know, he's getting his feet wet. He wants to draft a really sure thing in, in, in Taylor Decker. He wants to take a left tackle where he feels like, you know, it's going to be a sure thing. Fine. I'm cool with it. You know, the, the following season, you know, he goes the Jared Davis route. Yeah. I mean, it's later in the draft, you know, Seemed like a good pick. Still, you know, the the jury's out on him, whatever. But Frank Ragnow, that pick was another, okay, a very high floor guy. Not not necessarily sure what you could have done there, maybe to to do something a little bit more spicy, but maybe even like a trade back type deal might have worked. But once again, another very high floor guy. Not sure like whether or not the value is going to necessarily meet there uh, for, you know, a, a interior offensive lineman. But like this pick was the, the pick that like solidified it for me, Bob Quinn's not going to try, like he's not going to do anything out of the box. Like he's not going to, he's not going to take a risk on a guy. And I know that that might be something that a lot of people want to hear. And it's like, 
you know, the Lions for so many years took risks on guys. They took risk. They took a risk on Charles Rogers. They took a risk on Mike Williams. You know, fill in whatever player you want to uh, from from all these seasons. But that doesn't account for all the times that they took risks on players that you know weren't. I think for surefire, you know, one hundred percent things like Calvin Johnson or uh, even like Ezekiel Ansa. Like that was a very risky pick. However, for so many seasons, like Ansa was a very productive player. I'm just concerned that drafting a tight end at number eight versus another position where you could accure more value for that player because of the because of the slotted rookie salary scale. Like drafting a tight end at eight, you're paying him an awful lot of money right out of the box. And it's just, it's TJ Hawkinson better be really good because if he isn't really good, then, then Bob Quinn deserves an awful, an awful lot of Chris. I mean, he deserves a lot of criticism if he's not very, very good. Here, All right. Here's what I'm going to push good. back on. No, we got, I'm sorry. Really quick, really quick, super quick, man. We got to get to the questions. Is, is the point you made before that, Hawkinson's going to define this draft class. I don't think that's true because I think Hawkinson, like you said, high floor guy, I think he's going to be at least good. And that, that could be enough to appease Lions fans. I think his second round pick Jelani Tavai, where he, he brings in that risk. That's Mm -hmm. the one where that's going to define this draft class. Cause if he busts on that pick, everyone was like, no, this is the wrong pick at the time. Right. So I, I think he, he puts more of his, his eggs and stuff on the line. Yeah. Yeah. With that pick. All right, let's move. Let's go. Let's go. Cause I want to get to a lot of these questions and I want to drop one of my own questions here. And now I am being annoying producer voice that people will yell at. But first I want to get to the question for you guys. And this is a exercise for you and for the people at home. If you want to send it to at pride to Detroit or use hashtag ask POD to get your questions in or to send answer this one. I want to know from you guys. I'm imposing this to a lot of my followers on Twitter, especially here in the off season. When you have times to, to stretch your wings and not follow American football and do something else with your time out there, what would you say is the most kind of fringe or non-mainstream sport that you follow and watch, I would say, on the, on the regular? And I mean, it can be a mainstream thing, but like if you were grading it here in America, of course, football, top king, probably after that college football, then probably basketball or baseball, then a while down is hockey, combat sports, so on and so forth. But I mean, for my example, I watch sumo wrestling. I actually watch it now on the regular quite a bit. And there is a, another tournament coming up that I will be watching highlights from. And maybe since I'm working overnight, I'll be watching some of that. Other people have been responding to me with stuff like disc golf or darts, which aren't that big over here. Cycling, uh, even horse racing outside the Kentucky Derby, not really that big. Uh, Formula One, so on and so forth. So Jeremy, what would you say is the most fringe sport you watch regularly not just like it's on and you'll watch it but like something at least you keep up with i don't have an answer i, I don't watch you are just sports. football you are just uh, football no i watch hockey a ton Hockey's that's fringe. not a fringe sport i mean that that is your most I, i'm saying this is all relative i'm not saying hockey's a fringe sport but like i don't know you would maybe, say that is your most fringe sport then i may either that or i, I watch a, a little bit of like Fortnite. if you want to count e e-gaming I mean, do you watch the tournaments or are you just watching people stream? No, I watch a little bit of the tournaments like there's okay. one going on right now. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Fortnite. I mean, eSports still a new weird ground. Uh, Ryan, what's your answer? Sorry, I'm trying to unroll my eyes from the back of my skull. On what? Grow up. Fortnite as a eSport. <laughs> what a... All right. I, hockey should be a very acceptable answer, I think. I think that's it a fr- I think it's a fringe sport. In America, I think sure. it's I not think, during playoff time. Playoff time, I, mean, it, I think it takes the stage as it's not as big as the NBA, obviously. But whoa, yeah, not even close. Yeah, I think but it's, it's definitely part point, of the national conversation. Yeah, yeah I mean, it'll get up on Sports Center on the regular for sure. Yeah, but I think there's that, nothing more exotic than than ice hockey. You watch? Oh, for me, yeah. Oh yeah, um, professional wrestling. Okay. <laughs> I would say professional wrestling is probably bigger in America now than ice hockey, but I'm going to make Jeremy mad if I say that. Let's move on to the questions. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm not, I'm not here to argue wrestling's popularity. It's popular. Okay. You're or the Avengers argue. movies. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I was expecting some more stuff. 
I was expecting some more stuff out there. I don't know if you guys watched any like Olympic sports or whatever, but I honestly, I honestly just said wrestling so that Jeremy's eyes could roll back into his skull though. (laughs) (sighs) Just that's how it goes. Uh, Let's start with a question of from OG Helios. Why no pursuit of Zach Brown for the lions? I mean, that's, that's a tough question. Not knowing what's in uh what's in the the front office's minds but i i get the appeal of it um one of the things i said that i was a little disappointed the lines didn't do this offseason was get a vendor and linebacker because one of the most interesting things bob quinn said this offseason or it's actually matt patricia who said it was that jared davis has really struggled or or you know kind of been put behind the eight ball because he's never had that veteran linebacker to kind of teach him matt patricia's system or just kind of be there as a mentor. And so I really thought that meant they were going to go after a guy like Zach Brown or, you know, whoever fill in their name. And and maybe they still do go after a veteran out there. But um yeah, I, I do find it a little puzzling that they they didn't make a play for Zach Brown, or maybe they did and, and he didn't want to go there. He he picked a, a team that certainly seems a little more close to a championship, or at least that's the national perception in the Eagles. So maybe maybe it wasn't the Lions fault. Who knows? Any thoughts on this, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think Jeremy kind of hit it, you know, hit the nail on the head. I think for, I think for the Eagles, what they get is a guy who might even potentially come in and like start for them. Maybe they, maybe they view their roster right now as kind of being set near the top, and you know, maybe Zach Brown wants to play a little bit more than than he would have would have had an opportunity to play here in Detroit. All right, next question. This one is a little old from Claire, but. She got it in between mailbags, and I want to get to it, as we, as we are want to. Did the Patriots hoodwink Detroit out of Chase Winovich? I don't know. I don't think so. When did Winovich go? He went after the Lions' second-round pick? He, he was a third-round pick. He was third-round. That's right. Yeah. So they're saying... No. I think no. I think the, the interest in Jelani Tavai was real from the Patriots. Um you heard it from other general managers. You heard it from analysts. I, I, I don't think that was a smokescreen because he fits. He obviously fits their, their scheme because he fits the Lions scheme. It, it, it's not like the Lions were scouting Jelani Tavai through the Patriots. It wasn't like the Patriots show interest in this guy. Okay, let's jump in on that. Like they were both interested in this guy. And I, I know maybe you, you're thinking he could have dropped to the third round or the fourth round, but there are a lot of people, insiders, that, that didn't think he would. So my answer is no. Okay, next question from at Chris Saltz. Now that the draft and free agency are pretty much complete, what are your early record predictions? And to add to this, Walker Kelly 13 has tried to make our predictions for us. He sends in that I said that will say it's going to be six and ten. Jeremy will say eight and eight, and Ryan will say nine and seven. All right. I didn't get to do I didn't get to do my schedule predictions this year with all my Super Mario references. But I'll save I'll save my answer and let Jeremy go first. Uh, I appreciate Walker comment Walker commenting eight and eight because that is almost always my prediction around this time and pretty much during the season too because I I like to ride the fence and and not pick a side. But I don't know, man. Something about this off season really makes sense to me. And while we we just kind of mentioned the offense was kind of up and down in terms of improve or, or not over last year. I'm all in on the defense right now. I think this is going to be a really, really good defense. So give me ten and six. Uh, what he had me pegged at nine and seven. Uh yes, so, yeah, yeah, nine and seven was what you were going to say. All right, eleven and five. They're going to win the division. Woo! I'm here to throw f- paint, paint or whatever you want to say. I'm here to throw water on this. Uh, I'm probably between the seven and nine and eight and eight range. Uh, as many upgrades as it is, I'm still not sure the foundations of the, the team are strong. I have reservations. However, I'm just the host, and I will not elaborate on them until given the floor to do so. Nobody can paint me into a box. If you would have said that I was going to put them at 11 and 5, I would have said that they're going to go 6 and 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question from Detroit Lions, France. What is your favorite French dish? I'm a big fan of the French dip. French dip. 
I think that's the trouble with French cuisine is that it's so ingrained into higher eating around here. I maybe because I grew up with an Italian American family is like I really struggle to remember what French cuisine is, and there's certain things I eat that I don't even remember are French, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what what would you guys say? Man, just like anything with bread in it, French bread. French bread, French, French baguettes. Bread. Maybe for, it's just for French. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I was joking about the French dip, but I think um, I really like croissants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bread. You know what? No, no, no. My answer is going to be French onion soup. <laughs> just the most American stuff that has the word French in it. You wanted to say French fries next? Well, those didn't come from France. No, I like <laughs> crepes. I like crepes. Crepes okay. are really good. I was going to say my answer is probably crepes. The problem is, is that, I mean, I almost said bisque as well. The problem is that so many of these things is when I think of crepes now, like if I'm going to get crepes, it's almost like one of those Asian takes on crepes, like one of those Japanese, like smaller crepes with ice cream or something rolled mm-hmm. up. So, I mean, is that still, I guess that's still French. The problem too, is that when I also think of other French stuff, like I was thinking of duck l'orange, but I can't remember if that's more of a French dish or is that more something like, you know, New Orleans cooking, you know? Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I've had faux gras once. That, that's pretty good. I'll say that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You like torturing ducks, Jeremy? I mean, <laughs> I, I Basically everything I eat, someone has been tortured along the line. So it's true. No it's answers duck, here for you know, cro- no answers here for croque monsieur, no croque madames, none of that, huh? Oh, um, the other one, ratatouille. I think that's pretty good. What what is that besides a movie? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's kind of like um, no. I think I think it's kind of like a um, I don't know. Isn't it kind of like a soup? Sure, has it has so. like vegetables in it? I don't know. <laughs> Uncultured. Have you had it before? I, no, I have not had <laughs> it before. Why did you say it was your favorite? Because I was trying to, I was trying to stick to my stick of just like throwing out very American dish. French things. It's a stew. Oh, that's really close to a soup, and it had vegetables in it. That's like Is a stew. A soup? Oh no! Don't start this. <laughs> no. It's not. But don't start this. I will start something. No, you know what? I, I was going to take this question from Amore Ellen about does pineapple belong in pizza? I swear we've answered this like 18 times, though. Oh, society okay. has answered this. Yeah. 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 So- society has dealt with this. But real quick, I want to give my official answer. And the official answer, my favorite French dish is wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll fight you and say Italian's better. But, you know, that's just me being just a weirdo. So. All right, next question we have here is from N.E. Shaw, and I believe we also have the same question here from, excuse me for a second while I find this person. I said I would screen these, and okay, OG Helios also asked this question, but OG's already got one. So N.E. Shaw gets the nod on this question. When the adequate host is feeling under the weather, how many mentions of his sickness on average are there? Per podcast? Yeah, he's setting the over-under at 75. Okay, that's kind of high, but I would set the over-under at like six and a half. Look, I just, I feel like I have to apologize when I'm making this podcast worse, more than I usually do. OG Helios is also asking, like, if I'm more sick more often than I'm not. Yes. Uh, kind, yeah, kind of. I've always kind of had, I wouldn't say I'm sickly, but I get stuff. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really come down with heavy illnesses, but. I'm usually under the weather for various things. And the last few podcasts, I did have a pretty serious cold that left me like in bed for like a week and a half. And then last podcast, I know I was coughing. I just had gunk in my system from pollen and dust around here uh, this time of year. So can we, can we throw it back to the last segment and can we do Chris Perfett? Is he better, worse, <laughs> or the same than he was last podcast? All right, go ahead and answer it. No, you answer Remember, it. Was, I'm asking you. Oh, Better because I'm not coughing. Okay, good. I'm having coughing fits last podcast. I'm sorry okay. that I'm showing my humanity here. I can't. <laughs> I can't exactly take days. Like I try taking days off, but then that just leaves Jeremy to host, and I don't want to put that evil on him. 
All right, so did he did he hit six and a half there or no? I don't know. I was really trying to string it along because I <laughs> I put in a put in a lot of my shells on the over. Oh boy, Vada King sixty nine has struck out. Cutie <laughs> asking us, what is your favorite guilty pleasure to do until until football starts? Bite my fingernails. Take daily naps. It's the greatest. My my legitimate answer, though, I've been shamed for this by quite a few people. I'm rollerblading these days. Like, I just put on my rollerblades, and I rollerblade for, like, five or six miles. Who's shaming you? Give me names. I'm going to write mm, I'm not going to do that because some of, them are high, some of them are high schoolers, and I'm not going to have <laughs> a grown man bullying high school students. But <laughs> Give me their um, Twitter accounts. Okay, I'll do I will that. cyber bully <laughs> the hell out of them. Okay, nice. easy now. Yikes. Um, um, just kidding. My answer is probably, I mean, the problem for me is that I like doing a lot of different things. Football is just one small aspect of my life. I'm sorry if it's a larger part of yours. It's not for me. And I know that makes people think I'm not a fan or whatever. Uh, the thing I've picked up this off season, though, is I got a Hulu subscription. Uh, thanks to Spotify adding it at the last second, right before my Spotify trial ended. And I'm like, oh, okay, then this makes it a good value. And I've been watching, I hate to say it, but I've been watching anime on Hulu. Uh, particularly, there's a good one about uh, called Mix Mesa Story, which is a baseball anime. So I'm watching that more than actual Tigers baseball. So take that as you will. Is Dragon Ball Z on Hulu? They got some older one on there too. I don't know about Dragon Ball, but someone told me like One Punch Man is really good and that's on Hulu. And it's kind of in that vein of very bizarre martial arts, aliens, viscera type of stuff. Mm. Okay, I'm mildly interested. I'll probably just end up watching Atlanta again for the hundredth time. Yeah, I also went and saw what was in the theaters, Penguin Highway, which was really good. I think I've talked about this before though. So I don't want to retread too can we, much can we i think real quick can we all do a quick netflix slash hulu slash whatever streaming service you are feeling right now because it has show x on it like can we plug one recommendation well are any of them paying us for sponsorship that's a very good question to ask and i agree with you like this is our time and we should be compensated for it i'm all about redistributing wealth um I do it, but I'm afraid you're going to steal my answer. I mean, I only have Hulu right now, pretty much. Like, I just, I don't have the money for too many things. I thought about maybe getting DAZN, but then I saw the price on it and decided that uh, I am probably not going to see enough Canelo fights on DAZN to justify like $10 a month. Yeah, Uh, I'm a sucker for this stuff. Like, when I found out that Jay-Z's music all finally made its way over to Apple, I signed up for three months for free, and I already have, I have an alert in my phone you know, set up on my calendar to let me know when I need to cancel Apple music, but I do get to listen to Jay-Z's music for three months. So that's cool. Yeah. I lost my student pricing on Amazon prime. So I don't have that anymore. I've been leeching off my, uh, my stepsisters for a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's not like shows on there. Like I don't watch exclusives on Netflix or Hulu or, or, or Amazon. None of those shows really appeal to me. Ooh, they do to um, me. I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe to you, but I'm mostly just using them to watch some fringe stuff or reruns of deep space nine. Yeah. Do you think that Netflix and Hulu and Amazon should come out for a, not a student discount, but I'm paying back my student loans discount? Because <laughs> it should be like even cheaper than, than what students have to pay because at least they're they getting just, like, they're, they're getting like loans and stuff. Which how much, which how much, which how much they are worth, they should just pay back my entire student loan. Agreed. Yes. It's only fair. Yeah, Bezos could do it. Um, but Jeremy, I'll say our recommendation right now, but I think you should leave is one of the funniest things I've watched in maybe maybe a year, maybe even longer. I can't remember the last time that I've laughed so hard at a television show. It's and it's like super it's it's like fifteen minute episodes. There's what, six of them? Yes. I think you should I think you should leave, is what it's called. I think you should leave. It's so freaking funny. It's so good. If you'd like the Detroiters, it stars the uh one of the main characters from that. Um, and he's, he's just so funny. RIP Detroiters. I'm double checking right now. So that anime I mentioned earlier mix is ongoing and that's on Hulu. So I think that's just going to be my answer right there. I'm enjoying it right now. It's, it's a cute little family thing and it's about baseball. So yeah, 
That's that's my answer. Be ready though, because it's only in subs, so you'll have to read while you watch. But that's cool. That's fine. Let me see if I can get one more question in here. What? What? What's what's with the giggling? Nothing. I'm reading an article about. I think you should leave. I'm paying attention really, though. Okay. Okay. Dumas Mike, will the Lions' run game rank top five this season? Oof. Oof. No. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you can't get me to predict that ever. Like, since Barry Sanders, I've, like, essentially made it my, my stance that I'm just, I'm not going to believe that the Lions have a run game until it actually happens. And it's going to be better this year. It hasn't and hasn't quite been established yet. They're going to they're really gonna try to establish their run this year, and they might. But top five is is a is a tough ask. I think they've got a shot at the top ten. I don't think I don't think they'll finish with top five. I don't think they've got a shot at the top half. I don't what? care how good carry on Johnson is, it just doesn't measure up to some of these other teams out there. And I think yeah. some of the offensive line woes are going to <clears throat> Kind of. They, they got tight ends that can block now. And once carry on gets to the outside, dude, we, we saw it. Like he had that stretch where his first run of the game was always a 20 yard run to the outside. I'm not, I'm not buying it yet. Show me. That is my, that is my modus operandi here. Ryan, break the tie. I'm sorry. I'm reading this article. I hate you. And so that much. is a great way to end the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.